Karanga Hape full ingwa is Te Karanga a Hape, the calling place of Hape. Hape was a rangatira back in the Ra, and his name literally means clubbed foot or left behind. When planning to pull up in Aotearoa from Hawaii around 1350 AD, everyone came together and decided to prioritize younger and physically fit people for their long and hard voyage. Hape was left behind by the Tainui Waka because of his clubbed foot, but Tangaroa came to his aid and sent a Tanifa, Kaifari, to bring him here. When Hape arrived, he and Kaifari made their way into the Monaco Harbour where Kaifari stayed, and Hape saw a strangely flat mountain, Ihumato, where he waited for the Tainui Waka to arrive, calling out to them the calling place of Hape. Hape's story is told today to encourage children who might feel left behind. But I'm telling it to you and everyone in those Facebook comments is more of a lesson. We need to support those who are left behind that should always be a priority. Clearly, beyond Hape's story, those left behind can do some great things when they're supported. And that's when all of us to start doing. Consider this a warning. So without further ado, let's unpack Karanga Hape First article we're going to look at is from Stuff, published on February 9th, 2015. Headline says, From K Road to A Road. <laughs> Tag- Tagline says, Is K Road about to lose? What makes it K Road? Yeah, that headline is, I gotta say, that's nice. They did it well. Yeah. They did it well. Before we get into the comments, though, there is, there are some supportive comments here. I want to I wanna put that out. It is 2015, so there aren't many comments, but there's a nice little variety of them. First comment is from Hugh. Hugh said, no, it'll won't. They're going to make over the way it was decades ago to change the demographic area, including walking, cycling, light rail, and a rail link station. This is going to be like Parnell Rise. This is going to be vibrant. Some, some key terms in that comment. Yeah. Demographic. And vibrant. Yeah, yeah. So to change the demographic. What does that what does that mean? What do you what do you you notice how some people in comments you know what they're trying to say, but they clearly they also know what they're trying to say, but they're, they're trying not to be the, smart with it by mm, using what is say a more accepted word of like demographic. But then when you actually dig into what they're trying to say, it's like I see you to here. change the demographic area. Also, yeah, the use of vibrant what do you want there a, a more a more vibrant city it yeah f- feels a little charged if i'm honest there's definitely a connection between demographics and access to be able to you know regularly walk and cycle and um, use all of that good train stuff but i don't think changing the demographic area of k road should be an end goal at all no absolutely not or nope. for for any road <laughs> i don't like it nope it sounds a little bit uh and also, you know, the history of K Road, it's always been a home for the houseless people, like transitionally homeless people, yeah. um, as well as sex workers. So not to mention, it's also built on native land. 
Yep, just needed to get that mentioned that let's very, that. very let's, early. Let's get that clear. As is everything. Next comment is from Liam. Liam says, The identity of an area is just a response to larger urban changes, transport infrastructure, and its effect on land value mainly. Putting the motorway through decimated the value. Hence, it turned from High Street to the grungier place it is now. A rail station in the future will change that. New people flood in. Land values increase. But that's how cities work. If K Road is gentrified, then somewhere else will no doubt evolve into somewhere exciting. Can't build a rail station without changing some of the land use above it. A lot here. So Liam obviously understands how gentrification, kind of the process yeah. of how it works. Yes. But just so haphazardly says, ah, yeah, then people are just going to move to another part of the city and that'll, you know, that'll be somewhere exciting. It's like, it's not. That's the, not. These are communities of people that have history here that have been here for generations. Yeah. And they also subscribe to the culture of K-Road as yeah. well. They also give it what it is. And Liam clearly read up in his history of K-Road and also, as you said, knows the definition of gentrification. But there's a part of this that I'm actually not all good with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the... Hence, it turned from High Street to the grungier place it is now. A rail station in future will change that. I don't think Liam is a city planner. <laughs> I, you know, putting a rail station somewhere and just expecting new people to flood in. That's not how it... This, yeah. isn't, this isn't 1880. Yeah. What do you think this is? Yeah. <laughs> you think a rail station is just going to bring... You know, come on, Liam. And also just the inevitability of it. Like, Liam just implies, okay, you do X, Y, Z, this has got to occur. It doesn't need to happen like that. You don't need to have a version of gentrification where everybody who was currently living there leaves. You can look at providing affordable housing. You can look at understanding, okay, these are key aspects of what make Karangahape Road what it is. Exactly. Let's ensure we actually keep those elements while maybe providing other time types of housing. There are different options here. And like it's not just inevitable that the way it is is how it's always going to be. Perfectly said. Next article comes from News Hub, published on December 7th, 2020. Headline says, K-Road Chaos. Man arrested after firing shots at a central Auckland strip club. Damn. Tagline says, the man faces multiple charges. <laughs> well, I, I would hope so. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a title if I've ever seen one. That is straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, my word. Like... And I mean, like, let's let's talk about these situations for what they're worth. The breakdown inside the article is uh, on Monday, a 48-year-old uh, has been charged with doing a dangerous act with intent, two firearms charges, and position for supply of cannabis. But that headline is, is a lot there. It's wild. There's a lot there. Luckily, the comments go into the headline for us. Hey, thank you. We appreciate you. First comment is from George. George says, time to have metal detectors at the door. It will be like SA and the States. Uh, okay, you hold S S A uh, for those who are not reading the script with us uh, is capital S capital A. So like it could be it could be South Africa. Yep, it could be South Auckland. Could be South America. Yeah, um, I don't. We actually just don't know. I have where no George idea. Is actually referring to. I have no idea what George is referring to. Um, but I think that's also kind of the point because shootings and knife crimes happen everywhere, George. Yeah. It uh, doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, he could have said the UK, and we would have all understood the point he's trying to make. But metal detectors, obviously, you know, reference the detection of weapons before you enter, you know, anywhere or an establishment. I know that this is in 2020. 
clubs in Auckland already have metal detectors. Yeah, they for do. this exact reason. Yeah, I don't. I mean, either George has some foresight here, or he's just stating the obvious. Yeah, and then also not to go too deep into it. I mean, three D printers also exist, which can create guns not using metal. So it's not as though a metal detector is going to be the be all and end all of safety. So you're going to need to maybe think a bit deeper into crime and why it occurs, but. Don't let me get into my bag about that yet. Nah, please. I'm about to open up that please, bag and jump inside. Please. Hold on one second. You know people were getting murdered before metal, George. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Human history says it all. Next comment is from Sean. Sean says, we never had this much firearms crime before labor. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Hey, welcome back to the show. Out of pocket. I'm here with Tabby. Once again, has found himself back into the studio after losing last time. I don't know how you made it back. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you need to figure out your middle detectors or something. I don't know. Oh, look, look, besides the point, you're here now. We're happy to have you. This question is for the prize behind us once again. All right, are you ready? I'm ready, I'm ready. All right, start the clock. At what point is it appropriate to blame a national issue on the current political party? Is it A, after one term? B, after two terms, C, once they step into the office, or D, all governments are elected by the people regardless of political party, so on. Well, I think I want to give them a little bit of time. Yeah, 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 um, of course. course. Since then I can kind of get into the conversation and complain. Yeah, judges. So I'm going to go B, after two terms. Tabby, how have you done this again? Tabby, what? Yo, stop the clock. Tabby, it's none of the... Tabby, it's out of pocket. Uh, it's out. It's literally the what? name of the game show. It's literally the name of the you, game. You said ABC. It's <sighs> it's out of... Look, Tabby, I had a lot of... I thought you had a lot of potential. I was really disappointed in your answer, but I guess good luck next time. <sighs> Damn, bro. It's, it's been great. It's been great having you. It's hey, been great having you y'all. here. Look, take a, take a doggy bag when you leave. Hey, thank you. But does it matter who's in power? Like, people in the comments always use this way of pushing and pulling towards like a certain side and when i say a certain side i mean like left and right politically i mean policy changes can be blamed on the current political party because they have the majority i i I get it but where does this actually come from of oh the current political party is to blame for something that happened yesterday yeah i think people have a very short-term view of okay they implemented policy XYZ today, so tomorrow there was just randomly a massive increase in gun crimes, therefore we should blame the government. And I think one thing that I'll get into is actually when Sean is talking about never had so much firearm crime, like what do the numbers show? And there are going to be about 50 trillion caveats that I'll get to, but we'll just look at the numbers. So. Mm. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a specific breakdown of crime by the specific offences, so I'm relying on a news hub article where they had an OIA request to the police to get specific information there. So in 2020, there was a 10% increase in firearm offences compared to the prior year, showing that there had actually been an increase in uh, firearm offences. So Sean was kind of Mm. not necessarily correct, but his idea of firearm offences increasing was true. There has been a 49% increase in injuries recorded as a result of firearms crime in Auckland City over the past year and a half compared to the two years previous. First and foremost, you currently compare different time lengths, so that's like minus one point to News Hub. Mm. But regardless, 
they're saying that the, the rate of injuries has increased. And then also just holistically across the wider Auckland region, there was a 36% increase in firearms crime and a 29% increase in injuries. And I say all this to say that you can't just look at crime statistics mm. and understand, cool, this is how it had occurred. You need to actually understand what is the social paradigm leading to this. The genesis of crime is a lot of social issues that are occurring in society. And because of, dare I say it, COVID, the inequities not only increased, but we were made more aware to them. So mm. the fact that crime has increased shouldn't unfortunately be surprising. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, the same how you said of like, it, it really is just about like the society at hand. And I Absolutely. like how you went into like the Auckland cases as well. It's so interesting that people then try to politicize the issue. And we're not saying that po politicians and political parties can't have an effect on these statistics or can't have an effect on crime at, as a whole. But are they to blame? It's all escalating. It's all escalation. It's all within history. Um, if we blame this political party, we'd have to blame the last 10. That Absolutely. Even, it's, that it's, a bit, it's a bit of everything. And, and until we take a holistic look to understand what is actually causing the society to be in a place where people do feel like they need to resort to types of crime, say gun violence, we're not going to be able to actually quell it at all. And we're just going to continue to have it rise, maybe under COVID. But ultimately, until we're ready to ask the hard questions, let's just go and continue yeah, happening. Exactly. Next comment is from Callum. Callum says, Crims and Nutters. Bro, what's that? What? what? Crims. Nutters? Bro said All right, crims. Sorry, bro. You continue. My nah, bad, my bro bad. said Crims and Nutters, and it sounded like I said Crimson Nutters. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, team. Crims and Nutters always find a way to get guns. Doesn't matter what country you are in. If they want a gun, they will find a gun. They will get a gun. Soon, the biggest illegal import into this country won't be methamphetamine. It will be guns. And no amount of legislation, law reform, and compulsory acquisition, correct terminology for gun buyback scheme, will stop it. Um, I don't know about that one. This is wrong. This is wrong on so many levels. And I know we often read large comments yeah. where people have a lot to say and some are paragraphs. Sometimes people get it entirely wrong. Yeah. Um, but I like this because it's not in terms of what Callum has wrong is dangerous. Yeah. It's just factually incorrect. Yeah. So let's go through it in the unpack way. Um, Crimson Nutters always find a way to get guns. First of all, the term know. Nutters. Yeah, I don't know about that one. We ain't using that one. Nah. Team. Doesn't matter what country you are in. If they want a gun, they will find a gun. They will get a gun. Not quite. Not quite. And... In what Callum is trying to say is that, like, if we remove guns, they're going to get a gun. It doesn't matter. You can see in the UK, very strict gun laws. Mm. Knife crime is everywhere. Yeah. Stabbings. Oh, like, because it's not about, oh, you know, if they get a gun, they'll commit crime. No, no, no. They're going to find a way. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that stricter gun restrictions or mandates will actually affect that. Yeah. Next sentence. Soon the biggest illegal import into this country won't be methamphetamine. It will be guns. Pause. Who imports methamphetamine when you can cook it in a kit? Y'all seen Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> it's just off the shelf. Pro who, if you're importing methamphetamine, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and also, I guess we do import guns. Yeah, I do not own one. 
I would not know. Neither do I. Would never have shopped for one. Nope. Maybe maybe we do import guns. I imagine that we have such a hunting culture that there probably are workshops that make hunting guns. Yeah. But handguns and such like that, I don't I don't know. And the final sentence here, no amount of legislation, law reform, and compulsory acquisition will stop it. Let's go on to something that most of us listening will understand. Understanding the entire campaign that we've had probably for all of our lives against yeah, drink driving. Absolutely. Like you should not be drink driving. If you have a drink, please stay off the road. Give your keys to somebody else. We see it all the time. If you are on your full license, and I believe it is above the age of 24 or 25. 25. 25. You are able to have X amount of blood alcohol content yeah. and drive. Mm. And then if you blow in the breathalyzer above that BAC, you will get a demerit. Yeah. And they may tell you, all right, well, we're just going to get you another way home tonight. If you blow way above the limit, they will take your license off you. And then you will have to, I think it's like a six-month suspension. Yeah. If the government didn't want you to drink drive, they would not put those limits in if they really, really were so strict on it. They would say, you drinking, you driving, bye. Can't do it. Bye. License, gone. Car, gone. Absolutely. And so when Callum kind of sits here, no amount of legislation will stop it. No amount of law reform will stop it. There is kind of that way of governments relying on their people, giving them the freedom to of like, try it. Yeah. Try it. There's punishment there. Mm. In the same way how we've always seen punishment of like New Zealanders being like, boot them out of the country. Ah! <laughs> Gosh, our favorite statement. Our favorite statement. There is that level of escalation where the governments can be like, look, we're, gonna, we're not going to exercise our power here. We're going to leave it to the people. Mm. But... When it comes down to it, if you blow over the blood alcohol content, if you're using a gun like that, yeah. we're going to come for it. Absolutely. What up? It's your girl, Steph Rose, your DJ's favorite photographer, photographer's favorite DJ, you know, blessing you with a few words about Unpack Podcast. It's been a tough 2021 for everyone, including creatives like myself, but Unpack They've got Patreon, which allows you to show some TLC, plus listen to exclusive content that'll never make it to public streaming platforms like this. People care less about global warming in the summertime, especially in Wellington. That's my hot take. I closed my eyes for that hot take. I wanted to be there with you. See, sometimes we normally say the hot take to each other before the episode. That time, Carl's like, no, 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 I just want to hear it and react I live. I want to hear this react See, this live. is my thesis. In Wellington... When mm -hmm. it's rained and it's been windy. This. Well, back in year nine, I remember sitting at parent-teacher interviews with Mr. Moore and my mum, and he said that Tabby is definitely experiencing tall poppy syndrome in maths. Now, as I stated, I was in year nine, so I don't really remember the effect that it had on me. The only person who was still in my life who would be able to speak on it is my mum. So, mum, how are you? Oh, I'm well, Tabby, so how are you? I'm good, thank you. So tell me about that conversation that we had at parent-teacher interviews. What do you remember? It's like this and like that. I'm like, this, Anna. <laughs> Believe me, I'm a Patreon. If you'd like to find out more, head to the website, patreon.com slash unpack. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Girl, get this girl a record deal. <laughs> and for all that Unpacked podcast news, make sure you're following the Instagram page, 
unpacknz on Instagram. That's all from me. Back to whatever episode y'all were listening to. I bet it was dope. Actually, wait, hold up. Shout out to Wellington Access Radio and NZ on Air for the studio access. It's a dope space. The boys are sounding real crisp, but I don't know if they're as crisp as me. Anyway, yeah, cool. Bye. Next article is from Spinoff, published on June 23rd, 2018. Headline says, The New K Road, How to Pay Tribute to a Neighborhood While Moving It Forward. Taglines is, The real Karangahape Road is the one you first remember, but does that mean K Road needs to stay the same forever? Let's talk about this tagline mm. for a second. First yeah. of all, the, the use of the real Karangahape Road and then does it need to stay K Road for the same? I see what they were doing there. <laughs> Changing the name. I see what you were trying to do there. The headline of how to pay tribute to a neighborhood while moving it forward. Strange. Yeah. First comment is from Andrew. Andrew says, why do we have to lose important cultural icons so some probably foreign investor can whack up yet another apartment complex? Hold on, we okay. Hold on, we missed something in this comment. Damn. The the some probably foreign investor, a little bit xenophobic when I read it <laughs> Just back. A little bit, <laughs> a little yeah. bit xenophobic a little bit. when I read it back. Yeah. Um. So the whole point of the comment, this is yeah, this is the piece that I think you and I probably can't speak to. Yeah. Um. We are not from Auckland. Um. I know you resided there for a while. Yeah. Um. I don't know what cultural icon it's referring to. Mm. I don't know exactly what that means to the people that reside there, especially um, for the people who have lived on K Road and yeah. you know treat that like a home as themselves. So it's really hard to put into perspective for us. And I think the wording, as you said, is very important for this one. Like they almost imply that without gentrification, that K Road is not going to move forward. And it's mm. like that's just also not true. Yeah. Without gentrification, places move forward. Shops come, they go, the culture can stay the same. You don't need to have a massive influx of millions of dollars in different businesses just to move it forward. There are different ways that it can occur. And that's, I think, my main qualm is just that they have this one ideal of how development can take place. I think also this, and I, I love that point that you made, It's it really kind of focuses on a piece for me of generational wealth. Absolutely. And it is important, and for those who do not know what generational wealth, it is the wealth that is kept inside the family, passed down through a line. So you may, you know, your grandfather may have, I don't know, owned a, a farm or whatever, and, and he made a lot of money from it. And not only did he keep that money, but the farm stayed in the family. Yeah. And it's those assets that stay in the family that build generational wealth. Now, it is fantastically possible and i don't want to say easy for a family to build generational wealth if they are not displaced Mm. if they stay in the same place and so this whole thing about like another apartment complex and that's the way to move it forward we now have to think about what place is losing out for that apartment complex to come in yeah and that takes away from the wealth not only of k road but also the family's wealth, the generational wealth that we could see in the next few decades. Next comment is from Vizen. Vizen says, Maybe a couple of changes would be nice, but I like it the way it is. More artwork on buildings would be nice. I quite like the weirdness and ruggedness of K Road, which is quite unique and has its own identity. I hope it doesn't end like Ponsonby because it would lose its identity. 
Damn, I think that's an applause. That is, a, that's yeah, an you know what? That's an applause. Yeah, you know, that's what? an applause. I like how I didn't think it was, and then you said it. And I was like, yeah, no, you actually yeah. right. No, we have seen some comments today, and, and Vizen actually hits a nail on the head. I also like how they're honest of like more artwork would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it, it, and nothing perfect, but like a couple of changes would be nice. Yeah. But it's perfect the way it is. Um, the weirdness and ruggedness definitely make. A, any street what it is yeah man the imperfections make our favorite things mm. um and i think that's what k road is definitely known of for sure now other parts of this comment i hope it doesn't end like ponsonby because it would lose its identity post-world war ii ponsonby was definitely a different suburb now the auckland city council policy of slum clearances Ugh. and the construction of the motorway through freeman's bay led to plummeting rents and a drastic downturn in the economic fortunes of, you know, the west of the CBD, which is where Ponsonby is. Now, in the 1950s and the 1960s, many Pacific Islanders arriving in the country um, tended to take up residence in low-cost areas. Ponsonby was one of them. Um, so by the 1970s, there was a combination of artists, bohemians, gays and lesbians, and Polynesian migrant workers attracted by low rents, which created a district full of culture. Um, in which the area is still largely identified in the popular imagination of Auckland. Beautiful. Now, a little tidbit there. Would you believe the first mosque in New Zealand was constructed in Ponsonby? See, that's wild to me, thinking about the demographic that I saw in Ponsonby while I was at uni up mm. in Tamaki. Like, that is wild to me. It, it's it's now probably, what, the most booming high-income suburb in Auckland. Yeah, man. And I think when looking at this comment, right, the weirdness and ruggedness of K Road. I mm. think it's important to actually go into what they actually mean when they say the weirdness and ruggedness, or what I hope they mean when they say that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are many tales of the different promiscuous activities that have gone down historically on K Road, but mm. it really was, and depending on who you speak to, is the biggest queer hub in New Zealand. I mean, since the 70s, as you said, there's been an ever-growing drag community exploding in K Road mm. and at a time when members of the queer community may not have had necessarily the safe spaces where they could be themselves, K Road was that place for them. Where a lot of them would have actually sought refuge there. And it's K Road is going through an interesting time, right? Like Family Bar, which is a bit of an institution on K Road, it was very popular while I was at university there. Mm. There's been a lot of articles recently, a lot of discourse around how there has been a lot of people who aren't from the queer community actually going to Family Bar. And I cannot sit here and tell them, hey, if you're not part of the community, you can't go. That is not my place. I'm not a part of the queer community. So you will never, ever, 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 ever catch me saying that. Mm. However, when a community has sought refuge in a specific place or where there's been a place that's been safe for them, mm -hmm. you do need to ask yourself, do you have a place there? Without a doubt. Should you take up that space there? And I think that speaks to the entire kind of idea of gentrification around like, should this take place? Why do you feel as though you need to, I don't know, not sure whether I want to be saying this, but the previous comment, you know, with some foreign investors whacking <laughs> up an apartment complex, like does this need to actually take yeah place yeah yeah and i love how you kind of put it on a personal level as well of we can't speak for yeah. that community whatsoever and you know family bar never been there but i think it's also important that yeah we like we recognize our privilege sitting down here of like you know we don't belong to that community and we probably find it safer 
in XYZ number of places. Exactly. We're both two straight men. So it's like we can go to other places and feel safe. And as I said, we're not sitting here saying that you can't go there, but just try and understand, do you need to go there? Are you taking the space up of somebody else who truly, truly needs to go there because they don't feel safe anywhere else? Next comment is from Dara. Dara says, this content is brought to you by the Lighthouse. Set on a ridge with views down to the harbor, the Lighthouse will become an icon on Kanagahape Road. This boutique apartment building still has some apartments available for sale from plans. Sales office open daily, 1 to 1.45 p.m., 460K Road. So that obviously wasn't an article. Thankfully, I skipped to the bottom. Don't read into that. I noticed this statement before wasting my precious time on some paid garbage. Wait, hold on, hold on. So that 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 bit at the start, the, that this bit content, of the start, that was in the article written by the spin-off. Abs- I went to the article, and that is word for word copied and pasted in Dara's comment. This content is brought to you by Lighthouse. So they're almost like promoting the gentrification that's taking place. This is arguably, I think, the worst thing we could have ever seen at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, let's give Dara the applause first of Absolutely. all. Absolutely. We love somebody who, first of all, reads the entire article. Yeah, shout out to you. There's a, there's a, there's a minority of people who actually read the articles. Facts. Um, and then also call it out in the comments and not just keep it to themselves. I love comments that share the knowledge. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, we're going to give that applause there straight away. Um, we know gentrification as what we see and what we hear. But the money behind it is astonishing. And this is yeah. one of the ways that we can see it coming out. The, it's a purely paid article. Yeah. The the headline of can we move this neighborhood forward while paying tribute to it at the same time is disgusting when you think this is a paid article. Yeah. So for those who do not understand um, paid articles or paid journalism in that way or sponsored articles, um, if you are uh, building some sort of apartment complex or you know building some sort of shop and you want the community in that place to um not only know about it but we welcome to it of course you're going to do some advertising maybe on instagram or facebook yeah, you've or whatever got to, of course but if you want to get into a different demographic and also have some really really good discussions about what your place is doing you're going to go to the local news agency you're going to be like hey write an article on me here's 500 dollars." yeah and i very much doubt it was 500 dollars. yeah i'm sure exactly. it was a lot more yeah um and of course most people in the comments did see past us but for the average reader, um, you know, that's on Facebook that isn't going to the comments, which is most of you listening, we do yeah, that for you. Exactly. You're we welcome. You. Um, this seemed like a really great article that had its ear to the street. How do we pay tribute to this fantastic, fantastic road while moving it forward? And it only took a click on that article and probably five minutes into it when you were like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this is trying to sell me something that it sounds like I don't have a choice in. And this is just a microcosm of what we're seeing today with the media, right? Like you've got to understand what the incentives are. Who wrote this? Why would they write this and understand? Okay, that is why they did that. So does this mean that I need to change my perspective on the writing that's taken place? Absolutely. And it's it's kind of like a, it's actually sad. It's disappointing journalism, you know, because, and especially for someone spin spinoff, we've been doing this, for a long time now and we've gone through x amount of news articles from all the news agencies in in new zealand you know we've even gone to like newsroom facebook pages we've gone to countless things and spinoff is usually so good at having their ear to the street yeah you know making noise about something that other big news agencies aren't really making noise about and i think it was just really disappointing to see that this is exactly what gentrification is yeah 
not only buying out the land, but buying out the voices of the community. And if the money there could buy out the voice of spinoff, imagine what it's going to do on Kanangahape Road. Fucking floor is somebody.